Two hunters are reported missing in Bear Mountain National Forest. The Midwest sees the worst drought in 30 years. Civil unrest is imminent. The Northeast power grid has blacked out. Economists fear the worst with falling markets. In other news, the pandemic has gone global. Welcome to Survival Tech, episode 19. Hopefully everybody is well when they're listening to this. How are you doing tonight, Corey? I'm doing a lot better now that my computer's back up and running. <laughs> that was a uh, almost a disaster. Almost had the black screen of death is what I thought I had. Well, do you a lot of your- doing good now. It's back up and running and got all my material ready, so ready to dive headfirst into this. Well, good deal. So tonight's show is going to be um, a little continuation of some of the other topics that we've been hitting on, and uh, it's going to deal with the medical supplies that one should keep and um, kind of how to use them and when to use them. So, Corey, why don't you go ahead and start us off with the Intel report? Sounds good, Matt. What you are about to hear is confidential. This is Survival Tech Intel Report. So I want to start off tonight's uh, Intel Report with talking about our new um, contest, contest number three for our members. Um, contest number three is going to be oh, making your improvised weapon. Matt and I talked about it on the last show and the show before that, episode 17, with uh, Peter Brusso. Um in order to enter this, you just have to uh, create your own improvised weapon, make a, uh, you know, preferably a video showing, you know, how it's, you know, maybe some points of how you put it together and, and how it works. And uh, if you're unable to do video, um, a, you know, detailed picture, tutorial, um, it will be better than nothing. Um, <clears throat> we have got a a more descriptive description of the contest itself underneath our uh, forum page. Underneath our forum page, we have a members-only category, and you can find uh, some more information in there. And I believe that's where we're going to be posting um, the actual uh, people that are entered in that area. Yeah, that's, that? yeah that's, that's the only way that you can enter it is by post. So... Once you get your weapon built or whatever, um, the the only people that are actually in that forum with posted pictures will be eligible to win. And what are they playing for, Corey? And they are going to be uh, entering to win a um, a defender from uh, Peter Brusso, and it includes a uh, it's a starter kit that he offers. Um, it's a general public training DVD, and a Defender One is enclosed with it. Um, it's a it's a clear uh, Defender, and uh, it's the same one Matt and I carry. 
and it's a great little setup, and it has a great uh, instructional video on uh, how to use it. So uh, Peter was nice enough to uh, send that to us, and as soon as we pick a winner, which is going to be June 22nd, I do believe, Corey, right? Yes, June 22nd um, will be the uh, the ending of day of the contest, and after that, uh, Matt and I and Peter Brusso will be uh, reviewing all the entries, and we'll be uh, choosing a winner. Yeah, sounds good. So uh, we're actually recording this um, on June 1st, so it gives you 21 days build time to get it done, and you know, just so everybody knows, we tend to record the podcast any time between 10.30 and midnight is when we start. So uh, um, you have pretty much until midnight of, uh, of June 20, or, yeah, June 22nd um, to go ahead and, and get that up and going. And, um, uh, you know, if, it's, if it comes up on the 23rd, your post, Sorry, but you're not eligible. So um, we're going to keep a tight ship. And uh, we've also got our next contest um, lined up. So, um, you know, this is this is kind of kind of an exciting time for us to have so many contests back to back and being able to offer it to them. So and, and I've uh, gotten a few questions on, uh, you know, does it have to be wilderness? Does it have to be, you know, primitive? You know, what what can it be? And really, the sky's the limit. It's whatever you want to build for your, you know, purpose, and then just explain that in the video. Um, and then, you know, we'll take it from there. But uh, it's, oh, we're not going to put any guidelines of what it needs to be. Just uh, know that whatever you do build, you know, be safe with it. And um, Matt read a, a nice little disclosure last week. And uh, it's also inside the uh, the members forum area as well. So um, yeah, this is this is exactly what it says on the post right now. Um, it says the weapons can be made from anything, but if they're made from mostly from materials one would have on them, or found in nature, uh, that would be a plus. So we're not saying you know it's. You know, it definitely has to be something in nature. It's just, it's, it's a little bit extra of, you know, putting us in the mindset of, okay, you're out on your own or whatever. What are you going to do with your surroundings? If, you know, Corey's surroundings and my surroundings might be the wilderness. Um, your surroundings though might be urban and that's, that might be where you're, you're stuck. So if you're, you know, if you're planning on, you know, being around urban areas, you know, by all means, um, you know, that's uh, more power to you. You know, go ahead and, and make whatever whatever you can make with what's around you. you know, and with that, when you're making your post and you do choose something a little bit more, you know, urban or or in, uh, you know, not so primitive. Kind of describe a scenario that you're in and kind of get us in the mindset, you know, that there's, um, you know, you're sitting at home and, you know, they came on the news that there's, you know, a terrorist attack or whatever, and there's riots in the streets, you know, kind of get, get put a scenario to it. It'll make it a lot more fun um, for all the other readers of them and, uh, you know, for 
for us to help us choose a, um, you know, a member because, you know, me, I think I'll probably be, you know, stuck in the woods somewhere bugging out, you know, to the hills of West Virginia or, or something like that. But, you know, you could be, you know, stuck in a, uh, you know, urban environment with a, uh, metal shop with a working generator and you have a, a lathe and a mill. I'm, you know, I don't know what your, your situation is going to be, but I mean, explain, you know, how you got in that situation and, and, you know, kind of give it, make it a little more fun for everyone. You know, I think I'm going to take out that whole found in nature because I was actually asked that question too. Um, if it had to be, you know, found in nature, I'm going to go ahead and we're, we're going to put this on, on the books. And, uh, when we get done with the podcast tonight, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to change this round on the forum. Um, and it's going to state something similar to this. Uh, weapons can be made from anything, but if they're made from mostly from materials one would have on them, then that would be a plus. So whatever you can scrap, um, you know, that, that would be fine, you know, whether it be urban and everything else. And then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take off the, uh, yeah, you know, found in nature. So there's no more confusion on that. Um, I'm going to, and I'm going to substitute that with, you know, whatever's found around you, you know, in your situation. And you have to give a description, kind of a story setup. Cause, you know, that would be, I, I agree with you, Corey. I uh I think that'd be kind of fun to uh, you know kind of live through other people and you know kind of you know what they're thinking and and uh you know that would that would be great. So. That kind of gives a little more background and uh you know because I you know I don't want someone to think that you know we're going to choose more if it's primitive or wilderness because you know if that's your situation and, and you're in that area you know, and if you make a better weapon, then by all means, you're, you're in the running. Um, and, but it just, if you can describe your, your scenario, it'll definitely help us, you know, put us in the mindset of you and, you know, why your weapon is working that works so well for you. Um, you know, for help us think about what you're thinking so we can, you know, make the best decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Corey and I, we are going to be posting our weapons soon. Um, I'm going to try and get mine up this weekend. And I've uh, been researching mine and uh, gathering, you know, some information that I wasn't quite sure about, and um, I pretty much knew how I was going to do it. So uh, it should be uh, fairly interesting if I can can get it all together. Cool, man. Yeah, and, you know, just so everybody knows, you know, we are not eligible for this uh, DVD and Defender. Um, but we're still going to, we're still going to enter, you know, just to, to give everybody else, you know, maybe some, some inspiration. So, um, so with that being said, um, for anybody who hasn't seen our membership contest number two, um, definitely go and check that out. Uh, yeah. that was, that was a blast. That was cool. Yeah. Definitely a blast. <laughs> um, it's amazing what happens when you wrap Tannerite with duct tape. And when you do that, you increase pressures. And when you increase pressure, you increase the concussion of said explosion. 
So that's pretty cool stuff. So that is still up on the homepage. Um, we went ahead and we switched around the current episode. Um, right now it's showing episode 18. Um, that will change once we get done with this podcast. It'll say current episode 19. Right below that is our membership contest number two. I'm going to leave that up for probably another week before we uh, pull it over into the videos page uh, for its permanent home. Um, but, yeah, definitely check that out. And I want to give a big thank you to Mike at myimprintstudios.com. Um, he did a run of shirts for us um, since we kind of didn't think the contest through all the way before we actually set it up and did it. Um, I, I was not expecting the amount of damage to happen as much as what it did. So I wasn't either. So that was a big surprise to me and Corey. And once we seen that there wasn't any clays left, um, every single clay was busted. Um, you know, the only, the only fair thing to do was, you know, all members won. So, um, I want to thank Mike at myimprintstudios.com. We we had a big order really fast, and we wanted to get those shirts out to our members and um, as quickly as we could. And uh, he had like a two-day turnaround time for us for doing a run of shirts. And uh, I want to really thank him for that. And if anybody out there has any, you know, custom Custom printing jobs, um, you know, even if you're out of state, he has, he's got no problem, um, working with people from out of state. And, um, so definitely go and check him out. His, uh, his prices are very reasonable and he's very competitive with his prices and the quality is just great. So, um, you know, definitely go and check out myimprintstudios.com. Yeah, and he does all kinds. He doesn't just do T-shirts, too. Um, if you check it out, he's done some water bottles for us. Um, you can see them on his website. Um, but he has a, you know, you can go through and, and see everything that he's done. He can do, um, you know, mouse pads and um, print, you know, just check them out. Mugs. Uh, I'm looking at a site now and just kind of scrolling through some of them, but... Um, and it, it, he's got some really neat stuff, and and what he does is uh, what he can do on shirts and on water bottles is it's pretty amazing. So uh, yeah, definitely check him out. Good deal, Corey. Is there anything else with the Intel report? Um, I don't think so. Uh, we haven't had any new members since uh, Tuesday night. Um, so uh, you know, let's hopefully we can. And grab a few more, and they come over and join our free website. Um, it is free to join. There is no cost for membership. We don't charge anything. Um, this is a, a community, and we want to share our knowledge with everybody. And uh, just becoming a member just gets your, you know, your points out there and your ideas out there, and uh, you know helps us, you know, stay together and stay connected. And and you have a chance to to win some some cool gear. So uh, definitely come over and check us out at www.survivaltech.webs.com. Yeah, sounds good. It's like you know some of some of the forum posts that we've had here recently. Um, you know, it, it brings up the the four most recent posts on the the homepage of the website, and um, 
you know, just rattling them off right now, you know, we've got uh, movies, um, which is reviews, news, and, and, uh, so what else does it say? Uh, movies, which is reviews, news, and discussions. And, uh, Hardy was the one that, that started that. And, um, the last post where I took my family to the drive in. Yes, there still are drive ins in America. And I strongly suggest going out and finding them because I remember going to the drive ins when, when I was a kid and Corey was a kid. And, uh, that's the only way to watch a movie as far as I'm concerned. Um, drive in around us, uh, for adults, seven dollars. Uh, for children, uh, three to eleven, it is a three dollar, uh, charge for them. And, um, you know, hell, we can take the dog and everything and just sit back and relax, watch two movies. That's, That's two movies for that price. Yeah, two movies for that price. I've you got can't a, go to most movie theaters, you know, and get a single movie, you know, for that price. So it, it cost me $27 for a family of five and a dog. So, and that's for two movies. So, yeah, you can't beat that at all. And like, like I said, you know, we've seen Men in Black 3 and Battleship. So, you know, definitely go and, and, uh, you know, support your local drive-ins. That's for sure. I've got to put out my, uh, review on, uh, The Gray. Oh, yeah. Keep I need to do that. I still want to see that. It's a good one. So, um, so yeah, but we've got, you know, um, uh, movies that have been reviewed, a whole bunch of them. Um, Ricky Dick, he had posted about deer season. About deer season. And if anybody, um, has any ideas for him, um, he's getting his property set up for this coming year's deer season. And, um, uh, he's got a barn to sleep in and, uh, he's got no lights or heat in there. And, um, he plans to archery hunt and rifle hunt. Yeah, lucky. Yeah, here in Ohio we don't we don't get to rifle hunt deer. Um but he needs to find a way to heat the barn cheap. Uh times are tight and it gets cold. So he's probably looking for a very inexpensive way to heat a barn. I don't know what size of barn he's he's got. It doesn't say here. Um, My just quick suggestion right now, um, and I'll post this later on the forum. Mm-hmm. Um, I would suggest if you're not going to be using the entire barn, start um, sectioning it off. Sectioning it off with a uh, you know he- heavy canvas tarp or you know something like that that can hold heat in. Right. Uh, we use those on uh, duck blinds, um, and you know before ducks start flying, it definitely you know helps out. You know the thick heavy canvas. Um, but, or just get some space blankets. Um, some space blank, the, the heavy duty space blankets. Right. Uh, make yourself a little blind inside, uh, big enough that you're not gonna be, you know, hitting the sides when you're moving around or that's gonna struck, you know, that they could, they're gonna be able to see. Um, but just kinda block yourself off and get a little, uh, you know, uh, buddy heater and put in there. Um, little propane heater. We use those in the boat blind and all we have is just a, you know, canvas tarp over top of us and, and that thing. And, um, there's time you just got to take your coat off and it's, you know, 10, 12 degrees outside and, and you're roasting inside that boat. So 
And just a quick little suggestion off the top of my head to uh, to heat the place. Yeah, I definitely think you ought to post that, Corey, because um, I've got I've got another post that I want to do as well, and uh, uh, but I don't I don't want to say anything until I I post it because I'm going to have some links for him too uh, for some gear that he can you know possibly put in there. But um, you know, with our with our discussion uh, this past Thursday or Thursday Tuesday night. Um, Corey and I, we, because of the holiday weekend and everything, um, and me falling asleep last <laughs> Friday night and kind of screwing everything up for us, um, uh, we did a, a podcast on Tuesday night and, uh, it wasn't uploaded until Wednesday. And so if you guys have listened to that episode, at the very end, we're, you know, it was mainly based on, uh, you know, bugging in and home security. And, at the very end, we started talking about dog breeds and having a dog and everything. And uh, I had posted uh, to the website about, you know, the dog that I have now and, uh, you know, also to the fact that uh, Corey and I, when we were when we were kids growing up and all, um, we raised shepherds. And um, that was the only dog we were allowed to have because um, our dad is, is very fond of German shepherds. And um, it's kind of funny now that Corey and I now have, you know, Labradors, but you know, there's a funny story behind that. And, uh, and Corey, you're, you're a hell of a guy there, buddy. So Yeah, I found these seven puppies abandoned um, in the middle of a uh, park. Uh, three were beside the road and four were in a box and baking in the sun um, at a park. And uh, I... Brought them all home and uh, found good homes for all of them. I kept two of them, and Matt took one, and uh, family and friends took the rest of them. So, yep. It so was, uh, I couldn't leave them there. No, no, especially being as little as what they were and as malnourished. Yeah. I mean, yep. After seeing them for the first time, you know, your heart broke and you had to take one. And at the same time, you just wanted to find out whoever abandoned them. And get a rubber hose and just beat the hell out of them with it, because man, it's just there's no sense in that. I mean, they're they're left intentionally. So, but anyway, um, we've got on there about dog breeds, and uh, um, you know, I was talking about you know about German Shepherds, how Corey and I raised them and all, and um, you know some other breeds that I am fond of, um, which are the Belgian Malinois and the uh, uh, Carilion Bear Dog. I think they're really, really neat dogs. And uh, Ricky Dick posted, and so did Dave. He also posted about their dogs. So uh, if you guys got dogs that you love, and you know, you, you know, we all have that that dog in our life that you know either it's a complete dumbass or uh, you know it's it's worth its weight in gold because you know you couldn't find another a better dog than what you got. Speaking of dumbass dogs. <laughs> And smart-ass dogs at the same time. Mine opened the gate tonight on my chain-link fence. Yeah. And and was my wife was closing the blinds. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, there's a dog running loose. Hey, that's our dog. <laughs> and I had to go out and chase our dogs down. Well, I just called them. They came running. But, uh, yeah, they were out running the town. I don't know how long they've been out. What's funny was... uh you know, they they called my dog on the cell phone. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
they actually took your Jeep for a joyride. <laughs> you didn't know that, right? I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, man, my dog told me all about it. Yeah. So yeah, I my dog's got out tonight. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's something else. But yeah, definitely go and check out the forums and all. And uh, you know, we've we've got some great conversations going on in there, and it it runs a gamut, uh, you know, on everything. Um. You know, like I said, you know, we've got dog breeds on there. We've got survival preparations. We've got wilderness survival. We've got TV shows, movies. We've got everything from your everyday carry items to your everyday carry flashlight to your knife check. So definitely go and check that out. And to Ricky Dick, uh, when deer season gets a little closer, um, for us, we're going to be doing an entire episode dedicated on deer hunting, so I yep. uh, look forward to that. I, I think and we're actually going to break it up, and we're going to get some people um, to help us out with them. Um, and uh, I want to talk to somebody that rifle hunts, because we're not allowed to rifle hunt. So I would love to get somebody's perspective on rifle hunting deer. Um, I would also like to talk to shotgunners, you know, uh, who strictly shoot you know, shotguns for deer season, um, muzzle loaders and archery. You know, I think we could do a four part series, um, you know, just on, just on, um, you know, all those different kinds of just taking deer. And, uh, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, strictly deer because, you know, there's, there's lots of animals out there that, you know, are similar in size and similar in, and the actual hunt um, as our Ohio whitetail. So, um, yeah, that that should be that should be some fun episodes. You know, I think we we need to start uh, peppering those in as well. You know, and to all of the Ohio uh, archery hunters, it's four months away. Yep. So <laughs> countdown begins. Start. Yeah, I said that to my wife the other day, and she just rolled her eyes. I'm wow. like, four months, four months. She's like, what are you talking about four months? I'm like, archery season begins. My stepson and I, we uh, we make our own shooting blocks. And uh, the other day we went out into the garage and, and repacked them. And uh, what we do is we use old clothes, mainly jeans that don't fit anymore or all ripped up or whatever. If you take those and you go to Wally World, and uh, Wally World has this burnt orange pillowcase you get a set of two regular size pillowcases and burnt orange color um for like five dollars and fifty cents what i paid for them last year and um i had enough old clothes and jeans um the heavier the better and uh so you don't blow through um but we've got we've got two of those pillowcases set up and one's heavier for my crossbow and my bow, and then I've got a lighter one that's, you know, mainly more shirts and everything else, you know, for um, for my stepson's bow. So, um, you know, definitely he can, he can stick them in that. But, yeah, if anybody's looking for a nice, cheap shooting block that you can just reuse over and over and over again, um, once you get it so holy, uh, I mean, you just go out and you buy another set of pillowcases and, doesn't matter what's what's going on with the stuff on the inside. So so just a uh 
just a little tip for you guys out there. You know, instead of buying new styrofoam blocks all the time. So I I gotta say I love my styrofoam block though. Oh I know. I know. <laughs> and I love shooting your styrofoam block too. Especially with broadhead. Yep. So all right. Well I've got a conspiracy corner. You ready for this, Corey? I'm I'm ready for it. Let's see. Where'd my phone go? Okay, here we go. Got pulled up on my phone. Um, do 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 do. Okay. What did we talk about Tuesday night? We were talking about that whole zombie down in yeah zombies in Miami, right? Speaking of that, real quick, the map of the dead. Yes. That you that we were talking about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a mobile game coming out this summer that uses your current location and what's around you to survive. Really? Yes. So everything that's on that map for your current location, that's what you got to use to survive. I don't know how it works or anything else, but you can go to their website and uh, check it out, and they're talking about it. It should be out this summer. Why? Can we run teams? I think you can meet up with, it says something about meeting up with other people. Man, if we could do that and as you can a survival do it tech, me. if we could do it as survival tech community, how funny would it be to take a weekend where we all, you know, get on at the same time and team survival tech goes through and clears all the zombies and then life is back to normal, small town America. <laughs> how cool would, would that be? That'd be pretty cool. Sitting on our front porch, you know, drinking either a beer or a, you know, nice cold Ice tea or, you know, who knows? But, man, wouldn't that be great? That would be. Cool. So I just thought I'd share that with everybody. No, I appreciate that, man. That's that's going to be neat, something to look forward to. Um, this is actually um, from the CDC. The CDC says that the zombie apocalypse isn't coming. Okay. Oh, man. Yep. And it talks about, you know, the the acts of cannibalism in this past week that have many people wondering whether or not to be afraid of the flesh-eating zombies. Um, I guess the, I guess zombie apocalypse uh, was, the the word zombie apocalypse was up to the second spot on Google's list of trending search terms. But the government says, don't worry, the zombies aren't coming for you. And they say, (laughs) I guess this is paraphrased and everything, but it says the flesh-eating living dead don't actually exist, said a spokesman for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. CDC does not know of a virus or condition that would reanimate the dead or one that presents zombie-like symptoms. Agency spokesman Dave Daigle, I guess that's how you say his name, uh, told the Huffington Post. So, CDC saying, you know, nothing can bring back the dead. Once the dead's dead, they're dead. Well, what I got to say to them is, you ever like, seen 28 Days Later? I'd like them to explain that to the guy that's eating their face off. Right. You don't <laughs> exist. You don't exist. <laughs> My face, it doesn't exist. You know, here's, here's the age-old you know, zombie question. You know, our only... Romero-type zombies, you know, the slow-walking, um, you know, quiet uh, zombies. 
Are those the real zombies, which are the reanimated dead? Are true zombies fast? Or are true zombies, you know, just infected? You know, or, you know, there's lots of wars in here. You know, or is, you know, a true zombie, you know, somebody that's actually been, you know, put under a spell or a curse, you know. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's lots of different, you know, quotation marks. Here we go. Everybody see them? All right. Zombies, you know, that have been through the folklore in the, uh, not only America, but the world. And, um, so, I, I just, I think it's kind of funny that they're, you know, saying that, you know, the living dead, you know, that, that can't happen, but, you know, everybody knows that, you know, the living dead, you know, that's just in movies. Those aren't real. At least I keep telling myself that. You know, but the whole rage virus thing, you know, you get into the infected, you know, and of course there's, Everybody's saying, oh, you know, 28 days later, those aren't real zombies. It doesn't matter. I enjoy the movies no matter what. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess the way that guy was acting on bath salts, you know, he, uh, he had to have been pretty close to the whole rage zombie thing. So you might want to take a look at those movies before they say, hey, you know, this can't exist. Well, <clears throat> just putting this out there, mm-hmm. not saying that I agree or disagree with any of this, mm-hmm. but but the same government mm-hmm. says they're not hiding aliens mm-hmm. in Area 51, right? that Oswald shot JFK, mm-hmm. and the list goes on and on and on. Right. So, here's the thing, though. It's not Area 51 you got to look out for. It's Area 52, buddy. <laughs> yeah. That's the big one. That's pretty funny. <laughs> so, yeah, that's our little conspiracy corner, you know, with with these, uh, this uh, brash outbreak of, uh, you know, cannibalism in the media. Because there's been more than just the one Miami case. Um, you know, there's been, I guess, a couple different cannibalism stories going around. And... Um, so with that being said, and then, uh, you know, come to find out, you know, even Brownells, um, the, you know, the gun guys, Brownells, um, the gun parts and, uh, catalog and all, I guess they put out a newsletter and I've been reading on a whole bunch of forums that even Brownells is saying, Hey, you know, there's going to be an ammo shortage. So it's typical, you know, z- zombies are, you know, on the brink of, you know, coming out and, of course, you know, there's going to be an ammo shortage. So, so that's another reason why, why you got to make your weapon, you know, for the Survival Tech Membership uh, Contest number three. Another question. Mm-hmm. I got an answer. Didn't, like, last year the CDC put out something about zombies and... and right, preparing... How preparing to for a zombie apocalypse. Yes, and Missouri put it out for uh, hunter safety. And now they're saying, wait, 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 it's not true. Right. So last year they said, this is how you prepare for it. And now they're saying, oh, don't worry about it. Right. Hmm, seems a little fishy. Well, see, that's, that's the best way to, uh, that's the best way to say, hey, you know, something doesn't exist by saying that it does. Yeah. If you keep contradicting yourself, you know, and they come out and, you know, they keep doing it jokingly, 
you know, then they can back themselves up and say, hey, no, you know, this really doesn't exist. So hmm. anyway, you know, take my, it for what it's it, worth. And then my last question. Okay. Or a comment. Answer. Okay. When the police fired on that guy, mm-hmm. did you know that they had to go to the gun store and buy uh, Hornady Z-Max zombie killer bullets? Well, that explains it right there. I mean, I wonder if they their guns were loaded with those when they pulled up. Well, they probably had to be. I mean, you know, you're going, you're going to do a zombie call. <laughs> we were talking about that about at work the other day. <laughs> wonder if you had to go get some zombie killers. Yeah. I, I tell you what, I bet and those they, things aren't cheap. No, they're not. Along with all the other ammo that's gone up in price. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's something else. I just, I, I thought it was funny. So, uh, there's our conspiracy corner. You know, we're not saying either way, you know, what we believe. We just want to bring it out there, you know, because it's just, It makes good entertainment. Yep, it's good entertainment. And just, you know, sit back and say, hmm, you know. Um, one funny uh, forum thread that I read, um, I, I can't quote exactly who it was or what forum, because I've been reading a lot of them, and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go back through my history and find it. Um but one guy was commenting on the uh on the uh the ammo shortage and uh his comment was uh well you know I'm I'm not even worried about the ammo shortage cuz I'm just going to go find one of those doomsday preppers and <laughs> and uh you know knock on their door and you know when they come outside to look see who's there he, he's going to slip in behind them and lock the door on them <laughs> he's like and then I'll be okay <laughs> yeah so, so talking about zombies and talking about, you know, everything, that leads us right into tonight's show, I do believe. Yes. First aid. First aid. Definitely something that you're going to need. Yes, in any type of disaster, whether it be, you know, a zombie apocalypse or, um, you know, an earthquake or whatever the case may be. Or, um, or falling down and scraping your shin. That's right. And uh, there's always a chance for injury. mechanical. When you're hiking in the woods, there's always a chance for a mechanical injury and, and know what you should have with you and uh, what to do is a uh, valuable skill to have. Well, Corey, why don't you go ahead and start it off? We're going to kind of break this up into different little sections. Um, we're going to be talking about medical, you know, just for a little bit. And uh, after we get done with, with talking about the medical, we've got another topic we're going to hit on just real shortly. And that's about um, items that, you know, since we put our bug out bags together and, um, you know, some some items that we've come across that, that we've just kind of thought, hey, you know what, we really need to put these, you know, and make this part of our bug out bag because the bug out bag is dynamic. Um, the bug out bags that we started off with a couple years ago have ever evolved over the past couple years. Um you know, our food stores have evolved. Um, they've changed, you know, or, you know, whatever money and, 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 uh, you know, time that we can put into it, um, you know, that has changed, you know, it, it all depends on the fluctuation of, you know, not only what you can afford, but what you have at hand and, you know, what you can, you know, get extra of and what's available. So, um, so we're going to hit on that real quick and we're going to end the show with that, but, um, Corey, why don't you go ahead and kind of do a recap of, of what we learned in CERT, and then 
um, I will go through, you know, some of the supplies and what to look for and everything else, and then we'll go into our last topic real quick. And then Sounds good. The Sounds good. All right. So, you know, Matt, we are not doctors. We are not, you know, uh, licensed nurse practitioners or anything of that sort, registered nurses. Um, but while we were in CERB, we had to learn disaster medical, um, and they broke it down into two different parts. Uh, one was focusing on the major killers um, related, you know, in, in a disaster, and then the other one was kind of more of a uh, triage and treatment. Yeah, you know, the triage treatment, you know, uh, assessment, um, bleeding, sprains, stuff like that, how to take care of them. Um, so what I want to talk about is really the big three killers, and uh, and we'll kind of touch on the other. It's all pretty common sense, but just to hear it in a different way I think helps. Um, and then to think of it more in a disaster scenario instead of a, uh, you know, professional first responder like a, you know, firefighter or nurse or something like that. Um, because it is a little different. With Within a disaster, you're trying to help as many people as possible in the shortest amount of time with limited resources. Um, so either if it's you, your family member, you know, or a friend or someone you come across, um, you need to check for the three killers, which are, you know, airway, bleeding, and shock. Um, if those three are treated rapidly, then there's a chance that, you know, the person's going to die. Um, as far as airway, when it comes to um, a disaster situation, uh, you, you know, try to communicate with them to find out if they're responsive or not. Um, and then you, if they are not breathing, uh, you do the uh, head tilt, chin lift method. Um, put your ear down to their to their uh, mouth so you can uh, feel if there's any breath, and then uh, watch for chest rise. Um, wait 10 seconds, and um, if that doesn't do it, do it again. Um, if they have not started breathing within then, then chances are you're not going to be able to get them back. They're already gone. Um, if you know CPR, great. You know, you can continue to do CPR, but uh, that was not a requirement because we don't have enough time to do CPR within CERT. Um, <clears throat> unless you go on to become advanced search and rescue, then you have to become CPR certified. But uh, the other one is bleeding. Um, obviously, if you can't control the bleeding, the person's going to bleed out and they're going to die. Um, several different ways to do it. There's pressure points. I'm not going to get into where all the different pressure points are um, to you know help stop the bleeding, and then also uh, you know direct pressure. Um, on the wound and then raise it ab- above the heart if all possible. Now, you know, if it's an abdomen, you know, cut wide open, it's kind of hard to raise that above the heart. <laughs> so, you know, mate, unless you the abdomen is points. cut wide open, <laughs> yeah, you pick you it up and pull the guts right out and raise them up. <laughs> you I don't think that's going to work. Okay. <clears throat> or, you know, make them stand on their head. Right. Well, that's not good either. <laughs> um, and then with bleeding, the last resort is really a tourniquet. Um, a lot of people, you know, they get a deep cut and they're paranoid and they want to put a t- tourniquet on, on, but that tourniquet can do more damage than what is necessary. If you, you know, if you can stop the bleeding with direct pressure or at least slow it down, you know, enough with direct pressure and elevation, 
then I suggest you do not, you know, use a tourniquet. Um, a tourniquet will, you know, kill anything lower than where the tourniquet is placed, um, from your heart, you know, away from your heart. Um, that part could die. And if you put on a tourniquet and then panic and go to take it off because you realize you're going to lose a limb and you really didn't, you know, need to use a tourniquet, well, then you're just going to send all those toxins of, you know, that limb or whatever already dying into your heart and you're going to die even faster, if not, you know, extremely quickly. Um, right, due to clots and everything Yeah, else, right? Right. So do not use a tourniquet unless it's a last resort. I mean, if they're... You know, if you can't stop it, then obviously, you know, if there's no other means, then, then use one. But and the hardest one of the three um, killers is uh, shock. Um, to treat for shock, to even determine if the person is in shock, it's kind of difficult. Um, they're going to be, you know, delirious. They're going to be confused. Um, they may either be hot or cold. Um, you know, if it's hot outside and they're cold, then, you know, that could be a problem. If it's cold outside and they're extremely warm, that could be that they're in shock. Um, and then you can check for shock, um, you know, ask some questions, see if they're able to respond um, properly. Um, you know, check their body temperature and then uh, check for uh, the capillary um, response. And that's when you, like, squeeze um someone's fingernail and it turns white um it should go back to you know the pink normal color within two seconds um if it does not then more than likely um the body is starting to shut down and it'll start with the capillaries first um and that's one of the first signs of shock so those are really the three killers and what to look for if you can you know see those diagnose those and treat for those um, then chances are you're able to stabilize the person until, you know, first responders or you're able to get help or, um, you know, can, help can arrive. Does that sound good? Did I miss anything there? No, nope, three I killers? Think, I think you pretty much nailed it. All right. Yeah, ace the test. Cool. So when it comes to, like, sprains and, you know, broken bones and, you know, bruised bones and stuff like that, Mm-hmm. In CERT, we were trained to treat everything as a broken bone. Um, we don't have x-ray machines, you know, on us in our cars. <laughs> so um, we have to just assume that that every, you know, if someone is complaining that it's hurt or it's, you know, it's broken, we just assume for the worst and that is broken and treat for such. Um, because, you know, if we treat for the worst case, we, we won't damage it more. But if we, you know inadequately uh, splint it, then, you know, we could do more damage if it is broken or, you know, compound fracture or, you know, something, you know, worse like that. Um, And when you do uh, use a splint or, you know, try something um, like that, you can use anything you have around. Um, What you want to do is just make it immobile, that area, you know, not be able to move. Um, And when you do that, you also want to go above and below the next joint. So if, like, you think, you know, the person's wrist is broke, you want to go from the hand all the way to the elbow and make sure all that, you know, is immobile and unable to move. Yeah, sounds good, buddy. 
I mean, we were we were doing splints with. Uh, oh shoot, we were doing it with cardboard. We were doing it with sticks. We were doing it with you know pretty much anything we had around us. Um, and um, soft splints like blankets and pillows, and then. Uh, you know, attaching it to the body, you know, two legs together to make them immobile. Um, mm-hmm. And we weren't given, you know, proper splinting material. We were given a box of stuff and said, here, make it work. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of cardboard that you were, you know, ripping and shaping in order to to make it fit. And yeah, and that's where your dollar store duct tape comes in handy. Yes. So. <laughs> I I agree with that. Yeah, and I, I I checked the Dollar Tree um, the other night, and yeah, it's some no name brand. So what we were talking about last Tuesday, you know that that goes definite. But if you don't want to, you know, waste your good duct tape, you know, on a splint, then that might be uh, something that you keep in your medical kit. So what he's trying to say is, if you don't want to waste your, you know, good duct tape on the neighbor down the street that you really don't care for, that mows his yard at six o'clock in the morning, right? Use that tape. That's right. That's right. And get as much, you know, if it's a broken leg, get as much on the hair as possible. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just so. wrap it up tight. <laughs> Did you use any cardboard? Nope. Just a whole roll of duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> is, is there a head injury? Why is his head all taped? I don't know. It just felt like it. You, you wouldn't stop screaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is not proper cert training. But no, that's just that's a good laugh. Silly. It's a good laugh. <laughs> so anyway, what to carry in a kit, you know, for prepping for three-day kits or, you know, just home kits or a car kit. What the hell do you carry? Well, super glue and electrical tape. That's right, buddy. I added that to my first aid kit. Really? That I carry with me. Yep. Yep. Inside my bug out bag, I have a first aid kit, a Coleman first aid kit. Oh, uh, you know, it has everything, band-aids, you know, antiseptic wipes, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a couple packages of uh, aspirins. I added an entire bottle of aspirin mm-hmm. um, just because I don't like having headaches. <laughs> and right. I have them quite often. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's – this is this is what's funny. Um, I'm on the American Red Cross site right now. Um, definitely go and check it out. There's a lot of good information on the American Red Cross site. It is a great organization, but they have their own store, which everybody has their own store now, don't they, Corey? Yes, everyone except us. Right. So, <laughs> which we're working on. But that's, we are working that's, on. That's another topic for another day. Yeah. So, I just, you know, started searching around. And it's like, okay, family first aid kit. That popped up. I'm like, well, let's see what they say needs to be in a kit that they're going to sell to the public for a whole family, okay? All right. So, for 24.95, yes, I said it, 24.95, and if you order in the next 5 minutes, we will send you not two, but only one of these for 24.95. <laughs> Shipping and handling and everything else separate. So, we're look I'm looking at this and it's like, okay, it doesn't look like a decent bag. Um, looks a little bit small, but, you know, that could just be the picture and how they have it, you know, laid out and everything. But what it is, is it's a unique book design bag that allows you to view the important first aid information on the left while coordinating content pieces 
as they are stored on the right. So what they have is like the uh, pencil case pouches on the right-hand side, and that's got all your stuff on the inside of that. And then on the left-hand side, they've got your basic first aid, you know, manual, okay? Yeah. Um, All contents are latex-free, which that is a big thing to keep in mind. Um, The more you can do without latex, the better off you're going to be. Just in case, because some people do have reactions to latex, and yes. it can mess them up pretty bad. So, um, you know, just keep that in mind. You know, if nobody in your family is allergic to latex, by all means, you know, go for it. You know, do whatever you got to do. But, you know, if, if just in case, you know, you have to work on somebody else or whatever, uh, you know, you might want to think about that. But this is what the contents are in this. $25 American Red Cross uh, Family First Aid Kit. You get two, count them, two chewable aspirin tablets. Uh, two? Two, two, yeah, two. Um, you get five triple antibiotic ointment packs. Okay. Five? Yeah, five of them. For a family of what? Uh, it, doesn't, it just says family. Okay. I would assume family of four. Okay, yep. You get six, count them six, six, six of them. Six? Yeah. Six what? Antiseptic cleansing wipes, which are stink-free. Yeah, but that means it doesn't, you don't know when it's working. Right. The sting lets you know it's working. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's what I tell the kids. I like the sting. That's why I use alcohol. Right. Anyway, uh, two hydrocortisone cream packs. Two hand sanitizer packs, two trauma pads, six gauze dressing pads, which are four inch by four inch, six gauze dressing pads, which are three inch by three inch. Now, I don't expect everybody to remember this list. You know, just, you know, kind of keep this in mind, though, you know, as I'm talking about this. Because right now, it's not a whole lot. No. One conforming gauze roll bandage, four inches. One. Conforming gauze roll bandage, three inches. First aid tape roll, one inch by ten yards. <laughs> one instant cold compress, one, one compress. One CPR one-way valve, valve, sorry, one CPR one-way valve face shield, latex-free. That's kind of something cool to have, okay? One emergency blanket. Two ninety nine at Walmart, right? Right. Okay. Two triangular sling bandages with safety pins. Ooh. Twenty five adhesive plastic bandages, three inches by three quarter inches, and then you get fifteen of the next size down, and then you get uh, three elbow and knee plastic bandages. Ten junior adhesive plastic bandages, which those are the little ones. Five patch plastic bandages for one and a half inch by one and a half inch. And then this is great. Three knuckle bandages, three fingertip bandages. Last time I checked, I've got, you know, eight (coughs) fingers and, you know, two thumbs. Right. But you only get three. Um, And who the hell cares about bloody knuckles, man? Well, that's the way of life. 
Yeah, every time I work on my car, I end up, you know, busting up, you know, at least six out of my ten knuckles. So, I, I usually do 11 out of my 10. Yeah. But I do one twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get four thermometers, which are one-time-use thermometers. Get a pair of plastic tweezers. You get one pair of scissors. I don't like plastic tweezers. You can't get a grip on them. No, you can't. I'm I'm right there with you. They just bend. They don't. You can't. All right, go on. Okay. Now this is this is what the Red Cross. I mean, you know, no, it's not. It's not a uh, you know field surgery kit, but but it's a family kit. It should be a little bit better and a little bit more than. I mean, you you think family? You think family of four? Mm Mm-hmm. Um. You know, one pair of, I'm sure, 100% grade A quality super scissors. You get a grand total of four latex-free exam quality vinyl gloves. That That's two pairs, Corey. That's two pairs. Two pairs. One American Red Cross emergency first aid guide. And then a wonderful, wonderful, and this has got to be super high quality, Nylon bag with clear pocket pages. The pocket pages are the um, uh, pencil case looking. Yeah. You know. So anyway, that's all it has for $25. Um, Between going to, you know, some stores like, you know, Walmart, Meyer, you know, wherever, even uh, hitting some of the pharmacies around you and hitting the sales. Um, you know, CVS, Walgreens. Does it say how many total un- pieces are in that? It does not say total total units. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Because I tell you what, the numbers are going to jump up with the 25 small Band-Aids. Yeah. And the 15 small Band-Aids. And then the 10, you know, I mean. Right. You know, right there, you know, there's that's 50 pieces. So. You know, that will add up. You know, you're probably looking at a hundred, probably a hundred piece kit. You know, just looking at this real quick without doing any math. You know, we're probably looking at a hundred pieces. So, which, ooh, you know, a hundred piece. Well, I tell you what, we all have went and got that, you know, 90 piece mechanics tool set. That's like, yeah, you know, we're, you know, we're going to have some extra tools, you know, to maybe take with us in the car and then you go to open it up and it's like, Oh man, I really wasted my money. You know, a lot of that can be deceiving. Uh, mm-hmm. what you actually get. So I suggest, you know, go to whatever store you shop at. You know, go to your pharmacies. You know, definitely, you know, check the Sunday flyers for them. Uh, see what's on sale. Um, dollar General, Family Dollar. Look, a Band-Aid's a Band-Aid. You know, I don't care what brand it is. You know, as long as it's sticky. And I got news for you. A lot of times, you know, when I cut myself, um, a lot of times it gets a Band-Aid, and then it gets taped up, you know, duct tape or whatever else, because I'm going to still continue to work. So, you know, that's that's what they're putting out there, and that's what a lot of people are buying, you know. And, you know, Walmart and the camping section and everything else, they have their Ozark Trail or whatever brand they're pushing now. Is it, you know, Coglins or, and, uh, Coleman? Looks like they're going more towards Coleman. 
I got my Coleman, and it's a nice case. Now, I was able to squeeze extra stuff inside of it. Yeah. And so when I suggest if you do buy, you know, a, a case, um, I suggest not going with the plastic because you're kind of limited on space. The, the plastics, you know, first aid kits. Right. Um, I do and, and, that. And they're big and bulky. And, and if you're going to put it in your bug out bag or something like that, um, because I carry my entire first aid kit with me. Um, and I've had to use it several times. Um, but you know, buy something that's expandable that you can add to. Mm-hmm. So once you get it, don't just throw it in your bag and, and forget about it. Open it up, go through it, and then see what you might need more of, and then add to it. Um, I'll let you finish them, but I, yeah, I got some things I added extra to mine. Yeah, I mean, it. Here's the thing: my wife does work in the medical industry. So I pretty much turned that over to her. Um, I said, look, I said, you go. I said, get a kit, do whatever you want. I said, but I want you to really look at it. She took one look at some of these kits that were out there, and she's like, they're they're shit. And I said, okay. I said, what do you want to do? I said, you have this amount of money. And we're doing it because we actually... Um, we carry a first aid kit with us, you know, mainly during the summer, um, you know, with the kids, you know, they're constantly going to parks, you know, we're constantly going, we've got ball games, we've got this, that, and the other, you know, and, you know, a lot of times at, at the ball games, you know, to, you know, somebody gets hurt or whatever, it's, you know, here's bad guys, you know, unless it's something, you know, really bad, and then, you know, here comes the squad, but, hmm. um, you know, for, the, the other stuff, you know, we usually, we're, we're kind of, kind of a, a walking mobile, you know, medical, you know, supplier, you know, at least for my family, you know, and, and my wife is really good at that. But what she did is she went and she got these great big pencil pouches. And I, I think it's funny that, you know, that's what American Red Cross was pretty much using. Um, but what my wife got is she got like three of them, and um, you know they're they're zippered pouches. They're real heavy duty. Um, they're real thick. But just like Corey said, you know you can expand and keep adding more and more stuff. And I tell you what, gauze and everything else like that, you can you can stuff it in and you can make it fit. You know, um, but. I I let her, you know, pretty much just run with it. And what she did is she went to, and here we go again. Go ahead and start laughing, Corey. She went to the Dollar Tree to get bandages and stuff like that. Okay, bandages are to, um, you know, cover your wound. Um, they don't have to be, you know, the best quality. It's going to get blood on it. You're gonna you're gonna toss it. So when I suggest buying band-aids, I suggest, you know, there's some special band-aids you can buy, you know, the big square ones for, you know, knees and stuff like that, knuckles, I understand that. But it, when you're just buying band-aids and they got the little mini ones and the regular size ones, get the, get regular, the regular size. size. Yep. Because, you know, they'll do everything a mini one can, but a mini one won't do everything a regular band-aid can. Right. Don't waste the money on the mini ones. No, and you get... I believe you get even more of the bigger ones than what you do with the mini ones. 
Because I think most of the mini ones all have to have some theme to them. For the yes. kids. Yeah, you know. We have SpongeBob right now. Well, we have, I think we have Marvel. Which is cool. You know, don't get me wrong, but. Now, they got some camo band-aids, and I was all over those. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And when's the last time you've seen a superhero have a Band-Aid on, though? I just <laughs> kind of have true. a problem with that. But anyway, you know, I told my wife, I said, look, here's some money. So she went out, and she used that money, and she brought back a ton, a ton of stuff. And, I mean, we're talking like 40 bucks. And uh she came back with everything filled, and we, in about, let's see, we used it during vacation. Um, last year when we went to Mammoth Cave. We used it all summer. We used it all winter. And um, we're just now getting to the point where um, we need to really look in to see what we have and what we don't have because we, we keep adding to it, you know, as we go out, hey, you know, we're getting low on this. There's some other things that come out, you know, and there's always stuff that you you miss in your inventory. And uh, so right now I'm getting to the point where I'm not confident of what we have in it, that we need to definitely make sure that that we have everything uh, up to par as far as the levels of what we want to keep in there. But a lot of the stuff, you know, bandages and stuff like that, she got at, you know, discount stores. That's great. That's fine. Um, A lot of the medicines, you know, she ended up getting on sale. When they're on sale, get them. Um, you know, they, medicines do have an expiration date or whatever. Um, you know, you, you guys can make your own choices about that. Read whatever forms, whatever posts you can find about that. Um, you know, and do, do whatever you want. But, um, you know, just keep that in mind, you know, when buying things and, you know, make sure you're going to use it, whatever. Um, so anyway, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're, completely stocked and it's it's by going to stores like um i don't know if you guys have this in your area you might you might not um you know going to kroger's kroger's has stuff on sale we pick it up um go to walmart pick up stuff on sale uh go to meyer you know whatever's on sale you know get it there um we can do a shopping trip um around the stores of our area um, you know, we'd spend a better part of a day, you know, hitting store to store to store before we made it back home. But we could take a day and we could get all the buys and we could end up saving so much more money uh, by doing it that way instead of just, you know, buying one of these kits and then opening it up and being completely disappointed. Now we're filled to the gills and we've used it for, you know, almost a year straight and we've been confident in what we've had you know, for that whole year. So assembling a first aid kit is much better than, you know, going out and buying a prepackaged one. If that's all you want to do and that's all you got, that's fine. But it's best to know what you're putting into it. And then that's why I, I you know, I, I left it up to Megan, uh, my wife, because she, you know, she works in the medical field. Uh, she does this stuff every day. She knows what to look for. She knows what she needs to buy. She knows what we're going to use. Um, you know, cause, you know, Corey can attest a lot of times if you get cut, you know, you just duct tape it up or super glue it back together and keep on going. Well, you're, you're not going to do that to your four year old. 
Um, no. You know, you got to make it, you know, halfway right with him, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I suppose to. So, but anyway, um, so, some of the stuff that I've added to mine, um, you know, I got the basic Coleman kit, and it was like 101 piece or so, and it had a lot of good stuff in it. Um, but I, I didn't just, you know, add to it. I replaced the aspirins that were in there um, with Aleve mm-hmm. um, because that's my preferred brand. Um, and a whole, you know, 24 bottle pack in there. Um, then I added a snake bite kit to mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I added a half a roll of toilet paper, mm-hmm. um, w- with the tube missing, flattened down, um, a package of wet wipes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have to just use the ones that, you know, came in it. Um, extra band-aids, um, because that's what you're going to use the most of, honestly, is, you know, band-aids. And then um, I put in an extra roll of gauze, and I used electrical tape. Um, now, it came with, you know, medical tape, mm-hmm. but I prefer using electrical tape, you know, on myself at least. Um, the medical tape I'll use for the kids and such, but um, to me, electrical tape just holds up better. And, <laughs> and you know, call me, that's what I've used for so many years with just a, you know, paper towel and electrical tape and go back to work. But yep. um, I added a super glue. Um, it's a great way to seal off a cut and, or, you know, a hole or puncture and um, not let stuff in or stuff out except for the super glue. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I'll deal with that effects later. Um, so I, I did add super glue. I added, uh, oh, Coleman had these um, toilet seat covers. There's mm-hmm. like 10 of them. I added a package of those. They're all nice and thin. Um, the ladies like to have those when we go to some of the, the, you know, hiking trails and such that don't have very nice restrooms. Um, and then I added some, uh, uh, you know, female needs products in there um, just to make sure that everyone's covered under, you know, any scenario. So when we go out, we don't have an unexpected you know, surprise what kind of, and what kind of female needs you talk about, Corey. I mean, you know, what lipstick stuff like that. No, um, you know, tampons and stuff. Tampons like and that. pads. Yep. Yeah. No, tampons and pads are great because they actually double they as multiple. great band aids. And uh, a tampon can be used to uh, for a bloody nose that won't stop, or a bullet wound. Or bullet wound. Oh, I got two packages of quick clot. Mm-hmm. That is some good stuff. Yeah, I've got a list here of uh, you know some somebody posted, and uh, as I'm looking at it, I found it actually you know pretty close to what we've got. Um, we've got a little bit more in our stuff. Um, but it's, you know, this, this would be like a good basic kit. Uh, small scissors, you know, get a good quality pair of metal scissors. Tweezers, get metal tweezers. Uh, cotton tip applicators, you know, pretty much just Q-tips. Put them in a Ziploc baggie. Cotton balls, put those in a Ziploc baggie. They also double as fire starter. Aspirin and non-aspirin pain relievers. Um... Anti-diarrhea medication. That's a big one. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, when my wife uh, bought it for our kit, I'm like, 
Yeah, okay, yeah, kind of joking with her, uh, until you need it. And then it's like, thank you, honey, you know, for thinking of this. Um, antacid. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, it's a super good one. Uh, Ipecac. You know, sometimes you got to induce vomiting. You know, in case you're poisoned or whatever else, you got to get something out of your system. You know. Uh, allergy medicine. Uh, calamine lotion. Um, sunscreen. Uh, sting relief sticks. Uh, for like bug bites and stuff like that. Or whatever type of, you know, um, whatever you have found to work, but you know, something like that, you know, for, for bug bites. Yeah, my kit's got some of that in it. I don't have a whole bunch, but just what came in the kit, but. Right. Um, alcohol pads. Uh, you can get a whole bunch of them. Now, you don't have to get the three that come with the kit. You can go buy a whole box or whatever. Uh, tube of burn cream. Um, uh, multiple types of band-aids, um, including waterproof band-aids. And you can go ahead and put those in the Ziploc baggies and you don't have to worry about the box. Um, Neosporin, a real thermometer. Um, <clears throat> Needle and matches to sterilize in case you need to lance something. Um, they call out a small spray bottle of hydrogen peroxide. Um, I would put, if you can fit it, either a full bottle of hydrogen peroxide or, um, you know, isopropyl rubbing alcohol, whatever you, you use, you know, go ahead and, and do that. Um, hand sanitizer, bandanas and slings, ace bandages. And uh, then she ended up, this uh, poster, she ended up buying um, some finger splints, uh, instant cold packs, um, some more gauze pads, gauze tape, um, a whole box of exam gloves, and then she just put in her pack what she, what she thought she needed. Um, a one-way valve to administer CPR um or a CPR mask um that was $7 at Walmart she has that listed as a $7 item um first aid manual which was free to print it on the internet um so you don't have to worry about buying that which i will it looks like uh free downloadable first aid manual so i will post that in our show topic notes and then she also bought a snake bite kit, which I'm glad that you brought up snake bite kit because I got something to say about snake bite kits as well. But I mean, a lot of these items, you know, you can, you know, she said she's got, where does it say, about $35 in her kit. So if you put $35 into a kit that's got all that stuff with it. That is a $60 kit at the very minimum if you're buying something prepackaged. And then you're getting all the stupid little Band-Aids and everything else. Um, Dollar Tree, um, over by me. Uh, laugh, Corey, okay. Um, they actually had um, liquid bandage on sale, you know, which... You know, so I've heard some people say, oh, you know, it's glorified, um, you know, super glue and everything else. But, you know, it does have an antiseptic in it. So, you know, hell for a buck. You know, we bought a couple tubes of that and we've used it and it's worked fine. So, 
you know, there's there's all kinds of ways to to save money and spend it wisely, you know, rather than just you know going out and getting the kit. Now sometimes you know you get the kit because the bag, and you add to it, you know, because the bag's cool, you know. So that's that's something else. Yeah, I don't want to be completely down on you know these prepackaged kits, but you know, definitely you're gonna just because you buy that kit doesn't mean it's gonna have everything you want in it. Now, <clears throat> about um, the do snake bite kits help, okay? Um, this is from the Wall Street Journal. Um, I'm going to post this as well in our show notes. Um, I think everybody needs to uh, kind of read this this article, um, and it's called Deadly Dilemma, Do Snake Bite Kits Help? And uh, snake bite kits, which cost about four to fifteen bucks, which is you know, and I'm guilty of this. I've got a snake bite kit. You, you have one too, Corey? Yes, I do. Yep, we both got ours at Walmart, did we not? We did. We got it right before we went to um, Mammoth Cave, right? Yep. Yep. Cool. Here we go. Doctors say, and this is a word for word. I'm going to read this to you. Uh, this is about halfway down the article. It's going to say, oh, here, here we go. Uh, snake bite kits, which cost 4 to $15 and are sold in sporting goods and camping stores, are intended to be used before antivenom can be administered. Kit contents vary, but often include a scalpel, a suction device, and a constriction band to be tied around the limb to slow the spread of the venom. Doctors say the kits are, for the most part, based on outmoded ideas. The best thing to do is call 911 or get the patient to the hospital as soon as possible. So, and this is Lori Weikenthal, and she is a wilderness medicine expert at the University of California, San Francisco, and Fresno. If possible, Dr. Weikenthal adds, immobilize the bitten limb and keep it below the level of the heart. But more important, get to help fast. Never use the scalpel in the snake kits. Dr. Weikenthal and others say as it could damage the skin further. Some physicians say the constriction band may help, but make sure it is loose enough to slip in a finger. Why is that, Corey? Because it ends up becoming a... Tourniquet. Yay! Because cutting off circulation could damage the limb. The suction devices are still under debate. One of the most popular devices, the Sawyer Extractor, sold by Sawyer Products Incorporated of Safety Harbor, Florida, consists of a syringe-shaped chamber with a plunger that creates a vacuum. The company suggests leaving it on 10 to 15 minutes to extract the venom. However, a study in pigs and one using radioactively labeled simulated venom Injected into the thighs of eight human volunteers found the Sawyer extractor ineffective. It removes just a minute quantity of venom, says pig study author Sean P. Bush, a professor of emergency medicine at California's Loma Linda University School of Medicine. Some doctors fear the deep suction could even worsen outcomes by killing the skin at the wound site. The human study published in 2004 by researchers at the University of California in Fresno found the device removed no more than 1% to 2% of mock venom from the leg. 
So there's a lot more to this, but they're pretty much saying that uh, the snake bite kits are pieces of shit. So we wasted our money. Yeah. But we got a cool little yellow tube. That's right. You could use that for other things. Yes. You could geocache. Repurpose. There you go. Put geocache it with it. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. We'll just leave Speaking it. of geocache, we'll leave the stuff we got a there. geocache Saturday. What's that? We found a geocache Saturday. Really? Yeah, we went to, uh, oh, where was it? It was um, down in the Hocking Hills, and it was at Cantwell Cliff. Mm-hmm. And it was a big ammo can with a bunch of stuff in it. It was the coolest one we found yet. Cool. I got a picture of it. I need, I need to put it up. I want you, want you start posting the website there, buddy. Yeah, I know, I know. It's been a busy. Yeah, I know. A busy week. Uh, uh, Sixty posts. Hmm. Sixty posts. Yeah, that that's me. Yeah. Yeah, and 50 of them are Chuck Norris jokes, right? Right. So, but no. So, anyway, that's pretty much it on medical, guys. Um, For the most part, what we're saying is if you buy a prepackaged kit, have enough money to add to it because you're going to need it. Um, don't, Don't waste your money on it when you can buy the contents of it separate. If you're going for the bag, there's lots of bags out there that you can use as a kit. I mean, you can even go and get old military surplus, real medical bags, you know, if you wanted to fill that and help, you know, those things. You know, they're, you know, what, 70s, you know, 60s, 70s, you know, even some World War II uh, bags that are still around. So if they've lasted this long and if they're still in good shape, you know, why not use those too? So, I mean, there's there's – you know, multiple, multiple options for you guys out there. So we just wanted to kind of bring it up to you that, you know, as as we're doing the bug out bags and everything, and, yeah, look at my hatchet, and, yeah, look at my, you know, cool knife and everything. Well, those hatchets and knives, you know, sometimes will cut you. <laughs> and, and when you do, you'll need a first aid kit. That's right. So it's just something else to think about. And uh, if anybody's got kids, um Look, we were all kids once, and I remember being a kid, and I remember being stupid when I was a kid. I remember getting hurt and, you know, bleeding and everything else. You know, a first aid kit's something good to have around, you know, with, especially with kids. So it might be something that you end up putting into the vehicle. You know, maybe not a big one, but just a small one. And, uh, you know, keeping it with you, you know, like I do with, you know, ball Ball and you know park visits and everything else. So, so the last topic of the night is going to be a real quick hitter. Um, just some topics that are just some items that that we've uh, kind of seen around and kind of added to our bug out bag. And uh, Corey, do you have your list ready? Yeah. All right. Let me go. Mm-hmm. All right, well, for one, I added my Predator from, uh, you know, Peter Brusso. Right. I don't leave home without it now. Um, I also added some In the Defender? Yes, the Defender. The Defender 1, actually. Yes. Um, I added some tent stakes to my bag that I didn't have before. Um, Mine are made of heavy-duty steel. 
um, rods. <clears throat> They're really and, expensive, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Mine weren't. No, they were thrown away at work. That's right. I bent on myself, and <laughs> and then I uh, grinded it the one edge to a sharp point for added uses. Plus, it breaks through rocks a lot easier. Yeah, cool. So uh, it works well. I made six of them, and I wrapped them up inside of a uh, inner tube. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> oh, let's see. What else can I add? Those are the main things that I remember I added. You gotta remember, when we did our bug out bag episode, I was preparing mine for the King right. Right. So I was like overly packed for it. Now see, I really haven't, I I mean, I've always been kind of underpacked. So I've got a little bit longer list. And if you want, I'll go ahead and do mine. And, uh, um, I've added jute twine. Um, look, I love paracord. I've got paracord all over me. It's one of those things like, oh, do I really want to use my paracord? You know, because I could use my paracord for something else. Um, <clears throat> jute twine, it's cheap. You get a whole bunch of it, and it comes in a little package. It's a nice little roll bundle. Um, you can use it for all kinds of things. Um you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, stuff around camp, you know, you can just go ahead and tie off with two twine and, you know, it'll, it'll be fine. Plus, it burns. Um, so you can actually use it as a fire starter, um, if need be. Um, hemostats. Uh, you know, we all carry our, our little, um, uh, set of vice grips and everything else. Um, another way to clamp. Um, even clamping small um, and working with paracord for all of us who, uh, you know, braid uh, paracord projects. Um, set of hemostats, you know, you can get them all over uh, different places. Uh, picked up mine at the uh, Army Surplus store and uh, it was like two ninety five, And they come in handy for a lot of stuff. That's um, a good idea. Yeah. And, I mean, you can just clip it right to your bag, you know. So, hemostats are a plus. Um, I took, I did this camping uh, a couple years ago. Um, we took family on a camping trip. And, um, let's see, last year, you know, we, we took uh, two-by-fours and split them up. Um, I didn't have any two by four split up, but I had a whole bunch of shims. Well, if you take shims and, you know, they're already, you know, busted up nice and flat and cut. And, but if you take those and, uh, you know, you, you can split those with a knife real easy. And, uh, you know, you can, you can get a fire going real quick with a set of shims, you know, door shims. So, um, and then you always have, you know, dry tender with you and it doesn't take up a whole lot of room um, coffee filters you can add coffee filters to help you filter your water um, you know definitely boil it and everything else first but uh, you know it will help you know get sediment and everything else out as you're filling your water bottle um, coffee filters come in handy uh, also doubles toilet paper need be so multiple uses there 
um, also can be used as, you know, a bandage. You know, they do soak up. Um, uh, nail clippers. Uh, just packing a set of, uh, you know, fingernail and a set of toenail clippers. They come in handy. Um, you know, not only cutting fingernails and toenails and, you know, stuff like that, but uh, they come in handy, you know, with, you know, the jute twine and, you know, paracord and, you know, snipping those. And uh, that's pretty much all I got. Well, those are all really good ideas. You know, they take up no space, and that's that's the big thing. And they have, all of them have more than one function. Yeah, I know one thing I want to add, but I've not yet got and that's a good shovel. I mean, I had my other shovel that I took that I got my review up on. Um, but after, you know, going out with Andy and, and seeing his shovel that he had, uh, I definitely want to upgrade to a to a better shovel. Now, does Andy have, like, the trifold? He has the, I believe it's the Gerber. Um, I don't know, it's not the trifold. It just folds in half. Okay. The bifold, and it's really stout, heavy duty. He's got the triangular hand handle on it. Okay. I'll have them. I'll talk to them and have them put up some pictures of it. Yeah. It was very... It worked very well. Yeah, because there's one, multiple uses for it, too. Yeah, that's one thing that I'm looking at, too, is, you know, getting a nice pack shovel. Um, <clears throat> I know Sportsman's Guide sells those, uh, was it Swiss or Swedish? And they yeah. actually have the wood handle, and they actually, you know, they're um, they're um, old military shovels. And they look to be about kind of a medium size. And I'm, I've been thinking about something like that. But then again, it doesn't fold down too small either. Right. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta think about, you know, space in your bag. So, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I think it's a pretty good episode, Corey. I think so. So, for all of you listening out there, if you're not a member, please go ahead and join. There's a lot of cool stuff. I mean, how you can you know, have Corey and I mess up on a contest, and if you're in that contest, you know, maybe everybody gets a shirt or gets something that, um, you know, that, that the contest is for. Um, a lot of neat opportunities to, you know, get some, you know, survival gear um, either from us or, you know, actually, you know, by us. And, um so definitely come by the website if you're just a listener, become a member, you know, check out the forums. Uh you can email us at survival.tech at yahoo.com. Um the website of course is survivaltech.webs.com. And um you know you can uh you can actually go through and uh you know don't forget we've got a we've got a YouTube um uh channel out there that you know, you can see all the how-to videos and the different reviews that we have up. And um, there's definitely going to be more to come on that. And if you go to YouTube and you type in Survival Tech Podcast, all one word, um, no spaces in between, that'll pull up our YouTube channel. Um, go and check that out. And uh, let's see, what's that What's that dreaded voicemail number, Corey? That, that voice... Is two zero six four two six four eight nine three. Once again, that is two zero six four two six four eight nine three. And please call that and give us any tips or feedback or questions or 
you know, any topics that uh, uh, you want to hear, and we'll uh, be more than happy to to play that on our next episode. So until next time, stay alive, America. <laughs>